right, thank you for joining the ESBC podcast, which I always say the purpose of the podcast is to give you actionable information you can use today to pay for gas, right, to improve your business, to make money today in the richest country in the history of mankind, right? And I say that because we're $139 trillion market. For example, Russia is a trillion and a half. So we're 139 times bigger than Russia. I have an MBA, securities licenses, clients net worth, $30 million, $20 million. And what we do is we use business and financial concepts to give you that information. In the sports betting, uh, the podcast, three years, over 60%, around 60% NFL, which is like 1,500% ROI. What that means is by listening to our information, you have 15 times more money than when you started, right? So we share, we share freely here. Uh, John Hansen, Motivational Mondays. Jim Coventry, Motivational Mondays. Really successful guys. And they share information so you can benefit from it and monetize it. To that end, we have Byron Lowe, who I met 10 years ago. And he kind of proves a maxim of never burning bridges and always being uh, authentic and really communicating what you truly are and what your brand is. Because maybe 10 years down the road, you make person again and you can uh, do business, right? Or you can share some information. So Byron, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who the hell are you? Why the hell should we listen to anything you have to say? <laughs> Well, hello everyone, and thank you, Josh. The reason why we're uh, we're having this conversation is that um, a, a month and month or so ago, I was looking through. I didn't even know this, but apparently in LinkedIn, there are there are there's an area where you can look at messages that I don't know if they were weren't sent or they people people actually sent me messages that I that I didn't reply to, and actually I was that, I was horrified by that. So the reason why I was horrified is that. I think it's really important to follow up. If anyone ever communicates with me, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's a text, right. a phone call, a, a, a voicemail, or a, a LinkedIn message, a Facebook DM. It doesn't matter. If someone communicates with me, I am going to follow up. And when I, I had discovered this message that I had not responded to Josh, because it, it was a question that he had about his wife was you know, getting her PhD and if I, if I knew anyone, et cetera. And I quickly, as soon as I saw that, I replied to it. So who am I? I'm a coach. Even when I met Josh back 10 years ago, I was a, what was called a performance coach for this, this uh, company called Great Call in Carlsbad. Right, right. exactly. I remember. So, so I was coaching everyone from at the VP level all the way down to first time supervisors. And I tell you what, that was a, it didn't last very long. I was only there about a year, but I loved it because I, I love working with people. I mean, I work with a lot of executives, <clears throat> but it doesn't have to be an executive because I, I love to connect with people and the, I will never forget the connection that I had with Josh. It was instantaneous. Um, 
very, very bright mind, incredibly curious, a very powerful story. And someone who knows what he believes, he knows what he stands for. And absolutely, the idea of, of not burning bridges, it wasn't, I didn't even know it, that, I, that I had a, a that I, in, it was an incomplete bridge. And, and when I found that out, man, I wanted to jump on that because I did not want to, um, and I had, I'd left him hanging for 10 years. So I apologize, Josh, but um, thank you for, for reaching no back out apologize. and reconnecting. So it's, it's been great. It's been really good. Yeah, no need to apologize. And uh, it's, it's a system that's really worked well. And it's one of those systems that when you get off of doing that system, you pay the price, right? So the more you do it, uh, the more you benefit from it, the more you deviate from it, for me, uh, the less, uh, no, you get punished, really. It's a bit good word for saying it. And you say, all right, so two things, right? It gets to uh, a word that's been very diluted in recent times, and it's the word brand, okay? Uh, number one, actually, number two. Number one is uh, to know and not to do is not to know. Hmm. So when I'm deviating from that process, I don't really know what I'm doing at that particular time. So the process is that by design, because I own the restaurant, I uh, invested $8,000 in it, sold it for $600,000 in Benelis Park, Florida, a very rural type, uh, redneck type. Uh, low economic type restaurant. So we have phenomenal success and I had a great time doing it. And it is that the fact that in life, 40% of people are against you. However, 40% of people are going to be for you no matter what. So 40% for you, 40% against you, no matter what you do, no matter how nice you are, how smart you are, how much money you make them, they just like you, period. Then there's that 20% that just wants to know if you're on top or not. Now, you know, we have the war between Russia and Ukraine. Uh, Vladimir Putin relies on that 35, 40% that like him no matter what. And he just runs with it, becomes a dictator, has a little mafia group. Zelensky, being democratic, he has to have that 40% and then win in the middle. That's why you see the videos. That's why you see him talking every day. So he's like an eye in the um, this profile, right? Which I like using, we've had podcasts about it. John Hansen, uh, and then, you know, Brian talked a little bit about it, about being a business coach. I hate that term, I call myself business concierge because most business consultants have no idea what it is they're talking about. But we get to number two, which is branding. Branding is that when something happens, somebody thinks of you. So when I, I sold phones, somebody saw a AT&T commercial, I saw Verizon, they see that commercial phones, immediately they called me instead of the AT&T store. Because 
It was branded in their head who you are. Hmm. But to that point, what I was doing 10 years ago with Byron is branding. I gave him a clear, crystal clear um, message of who I was. Now, I'm like Putin in the sense that I, I little better, even better than that. I can live with 1% of people liking me and I'm a multi, multi-millionaire that completely buy everything that my business does. I'm done, right? So I can be an acquired taste since real Cuban food, right? Provided by real Cubans. That was the, the phrase that made me the most money when I owned my restaurant. It was very, we talked about it in the last podcast with John Hansen, the power and business of being crystal clear. So it's Cuban food, right? Provided by real Cuban food, real authentic Cuban food provided by real Cubans. The reason I put real Cubans is two blocks down the road were cartel members, Mexicans who started a Cuban restaurant. And people used to come in all the time saying, oh, wow, I could tell the difference just by walking in here. Just by walking in here, smelling the food, looking at the vibe, I feel the authenticity of the Cuban food. They hadn't eaten anything yet. Right? <laughs> Byron hadn't bought anything from me yet or anything, right? The other part of it is that every single, we'll go to number three, every single no leads you to a yes. So whatever you need to do, if you cast a wide net, there will be a fish of some sort that is biting. So by casting that wild you know, net, boom, we got Byron here in the podcast. How do you feel about those three, uh, those three topics I broached? And you're free to disagree, right? Because that's the beauty of America and the beauty of liking authenticity is that somebody has the right answer. We'd like people to disagree with what we said. What do you think, Brian? You know, one of the things I think that that makes you stand out in this, this is this was true for you 10 years ago, and it's true for you today. You know who you are and you have very clear values. And when you live by those values and you know the values, there's this sense of coherence. There's, it's like a, it's like a hand fitting inside of a glove. There's right. a fit. And I think that when you know who you are and you, whether or not you're intentional or not, or not about branding, but that is the beginning of branding is when a person is, and when they're intentional, when they know who they are and they, they are consistent with how they communicate those values. And I'm and I and I'm not using values, Josh, as some secret coded word that is trying to hijack part of America. That's what not is your definition of values? And uh, it, to me, it, it's it's not about the judging the value itself. It's about right. because, like you said, Vladimir Putin has values, and he's right. living consistently with those values. Right. Um, the point is, is that when you know your values, you you actually, and stay consistent to that, you actually can, can be consistent in your branding and then you can provide value. It just so happens that you and I believe in giving. We believe in giving and helping people. Right, right, right. And helping people. And the reason you help people uh, 
Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll make it specific and personal. The reason I help people is because it makes me personally feel better because of the way I raise and things happen now. Value. And I have it for sports betting and betting in the NCAA tournament. We made money yesterday in the NCAA tournament. We're going to make money today. But this is the value equation. And I didn't learn this through my MBA or my business uh, business science. I learned this through independent uh, research and independent analysis, right? Because the reason, the value for me of having a master's degree, an advanced degree, is because in life, you never stop learning because life never stops teaching. Hmm. So I learned exactly what the definition of value is. So I asked you, okay, what is value? This specific algebraic equation is value. And man, do people get wrong and bastardize what value is. Branding, we just saw it, right? That something that sticks in your head trigger and Byron's like, okay, that's Josh. <laughs> that isn't XYZ, that's Josh. That's branded in Byron's head. Now, this is value. It's psychological factors plus functional factors divided by time and money. Now, to qualify that even more, as an MBA, academically, it's not a theory anymore. It is a law that time is money. Time is something, it's an asset that you can never get back. So you should maximize the highest and best, in your opinion, use of time. That is value, right? So what is it that you value? What is that? What value are you giving to another person? That's why you find out uh, in your target market or whoever you're uh, engaging in for business purposes or even personal, what psychological factors do, is high on the scale that you're adding and then you're dividing by time and money. Vice versa, you do an analysis on yourself, right? What are the psychological factors that are very high on your scale? functional, and then divided by the time it takes you and the money it takes you to uh, get there. And, you know, what are your thoughts, Brian? Yeah, I mean, just, just um, I, I just had it just wrapped up with, a, with an executive client that I was working with and he, um, and helping him find his next, next job. So now he's the right. CFO of a company. Um, but one of the things that we talked about was this idea of the psychological factors, he had to understand himself. He had to understand himself better because for him to position himself in the market in the condition he was when he was looking for work wasn't going to work. So he had to have those psychological factors about himself very, very crystal clear. And then the functional factors, which were basically the things that he can provide to businesses, you know, really anywhere because he is a, a very useful expert in his field right but the but the but the point of the time is that when you get to a certain level as an executive you have to recalibrate 
what 100% is. So we talked about, and again, this goes, this, this goes at this idea of value and, and also what you do value. And I know those are actually the same word, but I'm not using them with the same definition. Right, because- right. And that's the thing we talked about on the last podcast. People hate learning English, right? Because each word like value has, I, I think personally value has 20 to 25 right. valid different meanings. So you have to say, okay, specifically, what is value to you? Right. For me, the reason it stuck in my head when I'm, I was doing independent study, I wasn't doing to pass the test or to get a degree or what. I was doing it to be more an effective person in business and life. This is the def- specific definition of value. Now, you touched on a few things that we talked about with, too, with John Hansen. And we'll have, we'll, everybody's going to have a podcast with Byron. In one podcast, uh, I'll, I'll write it up. We'll get it together. We'll have Byron and John, right? It'll be great, great information for people. But uh, two things, right? Uh, scarcity and abundance. We had a podcast on that. It's what it is. So I started the podcast. It's a $139 trillion market. That means there's money for everyone. However, in order to be clear, you have to, one of the most important words in business is clarity, right? Behind balance. So for this guy that Byron was talking to, Byron's saying he has to be clear to himself what those psychological factors are. And it gets back to, we're lied about the Easter Bunny, we're lied to about Santa Claus. We see how Putin is lying to the Russian people. We get similar lies, maybe not all the same lies, but we get lies nonetheless, and we have to sift through those lies. But we get a lot of lies as kids, right? You can, you can do everything you put your mind to, right? That's a lie. You can't do everything you put your mind to. There's a lot of things you can put your mind to that you can manifest, but not everything, right? I can't dunk on uh, Michael Jordan and LeBron James, no matter how hard I put my mind to it. So you have to identify what it is you can put your mind to that you can manifest. And I don't believe in miracles. I believe in that you haven't tapped into your full capacity of your potential. And it seems like a miracle, but if you did it, it isn't a miracle. It's something that you can replicate and scale, right? That makes it business. And and to add to that point, and I'd like to get your reaction, Byron, is that uh, every single client to this day that I've had, everybody um, that has engaged and done business with has been successful with this maxim that before I even knew the specifics, I knew it was true from my own experience owning a restaurant. And the first thing I've done, and everybody's benefit from it, is I said, okay, whatever you're charging now, charge triple. They're like, Josh, I'm going to lose clients. I'm like, those are going to be your biggest pain in the ass clients. The people that really love you, that type 40%, they're going to stay with you no matter how much you charge them. So charge triple and the money's out there. It's a $139 trillion market. Right now, it is a, 
I think about 29 trillion with a T dollar stock market. It's a uh, 49, it's 10 trillion more, right? So the real estate market is $10 trillion more than the stock market, right? So the client you're talking to, the sky's the limit, right? So they, they you know, for me, I, I believe in entrepreneurship. So even if the CFO wants to work for a company, you can make as much money working for a company than being an entrepreneur. But I think everybody should be an entrepreneur. Even if it's you're an executive and you buy a nail salon and have other people run it, you have to, everyone has to have three or four different revenue streams, right? You have to have three or four revenue streams to mitigate your risk as far as money is concerned. So what is your reaction, Brian? Brian? Yeah, I think that that's a function of a person's confidence. And obviously, confidence is a, for some people, confidence is a tricky thing, because right. they didn't get when they were younger, that modeling and the behavior that was consistent that let them know how they were okay in the world. So even though you had a, you had, there were parts of your childhood that were very hard. And there were, there were, there were challenging Right. You got you got a message from your parents that you were loved and that you were okay. So I think that going back to those psychological factors, it's a, it, and again, everyone is not the same. Everyone has a different relationship with themselves as right. it, as it comes to their own self belief. So with 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 this particular gentleman, um, and with any any people that I'm that I'm coaching. But what kind of came up with what you said before was he needed to have this idea that for him as an executive, as an apex executive, and he's going to be CEO in a couple of years, right. he needs to have a certain part of his day because, he, because for him to be healthy, for him to be healthy requires him to give away some of his time, just like for me. Right. One of the ways that I can, I can tell a barometer of how well I'm doing is if, if I'm giving away some of my time, if I'm giving away some of my heart to someone else. So the same was, the same was for him. But so here's my point. So for him to be- It makes him a, feel good. Well, it's-, it's it, time makes him feel good. But it's more than that. Right, right. Because I actually think this is quantifiable. Right, right. It, it's, 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 it's a business it's, thing, right? It's a psychological- It's 100% a business thing. Right. Because that becomes a part of the functional value right. because it, it's additive. Because when he gives away and he, he helps network, he helps another person get a job, who knows? Because there's a concept of, of you reap what you sow. Right. You, and it is impossible to sow where you don't reap. Right. It's, it's absolutely impossible. So the idea of the, this, this gentleman, and he never even thought about, about helping other people. To, to date, he's helped five people get a job while he was looking for a job. Right. And, and, and words are very important, right? Uh, because, you know, you and I believe this, practice it. And it's a business maxim, it's not religious or philanthropy. Whenever you give one, you get 10 back, right? So he's, every time you have somebody with their psychological factors, right? You, you give one, you get 10 back. 
And then words, I, even as an English major, now as I get older, I understand words are very important, right? And in English, if we said one word can have, for me, value has 25 at least different meanings. You, so you have to uh, specify what version of value do you uh, are communicating at this point. Now, right now we're talking about business value and then personal value within a business scope, right? So there's a difference between wanting a job in a career and who you are. Now, I've looked at the world through many different lenses. You were talking about when I was a kid, I was viewing it through a certain lens. Now, a year before my mother died, mother very hard on me, had the restaurant, restaurant was a success. She called me and she said, listen, son, I like how you're independent, how your restaurant's going well, how you have your own place, you know? Uh, I wanna say that I'm proud of you. So that was me at 33 years old. My mom had never said she was proud of me. I was viewing it through the lens like I did not care what she thought. So uh, a great book by, uh, and I read that book maybe a year before talking, a great book to this day by William Dyer is Erroneous Son. And one of the most important part of Erroneous Son is one of the worst things you can do in life is seek another person's approval. Hmm. So that clicked to job interviews, where you go seeking somebody's approval, seeking somebody's validation, somebody to validate you. So when most people look for a job, they go into an interview wanting validation from the person across. From that day, I'm like, that's, I got my 40%. They like me no matter what. I don't need validation from the other 60%. For me, from a business standpoint, I can say, screw them. I can live off my 40%. Now I've evolved where I can live off 1% of the 40% that like me no matter what. Once you do that, that frees you. Plus abundance. $139 trillion market. We had some people like, oh, we have $7 trillion with a T in stimulus. I didn't know there was that much money. Well, there's more than that. There's more than that. The GDP and the economy is only, you know, maybe 21 trillion. Yeah. Uh, GDP in Russia is 1 trillion. We're 21 times bigger than Russia, right? So what does that say? When you say job, do you want a job, right? To get that job, you're going to go through an interview process or this guy, a CEO, going through a headhunter and he wants to seek the approval of the headhunter then seek the approval of the company. Now, that could be absolutely fine for some people. But other people, my wife's a psychotherapist that Brian talked about. And I forgot, it was just networking, right? People in San Diego, you need a person, person, who knows who? We all have a halo of 200 people. So you connect, right? Uh, she's a psychotherapist, but about 70% of business really ends up being psychological factors. 
and we're all different. Now, somebody who grew up uh, well-adjusted, developed well, no abandonment issues, might function well seeking somebody else's approval if they know it, it is for a job, to pay for their life, for a job, not necessarily a career. So do you want a job or do you want a career? We talked about that. But then who are you, right? You look at things through a certain lens. I did premarital counseling with a Dr. Bendis. She's still around, uh, who stole some tests from the CIA. She was a, an attorney at the same time. I came out as a shop owner. My wife is a psychotherapist. So she's a natural psychotherapist. So throughout 17 years, she picked on stuff. If you are a person with abandonment issues, a person who uh, has a missing parent and you're dating people to fill that void of the missing parent and you're seeking that approval of a missing parent, the last thing you should ever do is look for a job and go into a job interview seeking the approval of a person uh, interviewing you. You're better off going the entrepreneurial route where rejection is built in and you learn how to deal with rejecting somebody not giving you approval. So you get good at it, right? So what are your thoughts on that? And what you're talking about, this guy's looking for a job. So let's talk about this guy, this, this guy. Is he looking for a job? Does he want a career? Or are you helping him find out who he is so he can make a better decision about that whole process? Yeah, all the above. I mean, the, the reality is, is that, like you said earlier about multiple income streams, you know, we as human beings need to, we need to take ownership of, of who we are. We need to understand, you know, our, our own strengths. We need to understand our story. Right. And for some of us, our, our story is painful. Um, and that's okay. Um, some of us went through trauma. Right. And, and not, not that the trauma was okay, but it's okay that you went through trauma because the or reality did go through trauma because when my mom said, Hey, I'm proud of you. That felt really good. And here I was building that wall of, hey, I don't need anybody's approval. I could give a, you know, bleep, bleep, bleep what you think, da, da, da. And it's good to some point. However, when she said, hey, I'm proud of you, that brought up stuff that I did not even know about. So yeah. they say that 80% of people in jail is unresolved feelings and unresolved emotions. So before he gets his next job or does his next move, right? You're helping him make sure he doesn't have any, from a business standpoint, you send him to a therapist for his personal stuff, but from a purely business standpoint, that he does not have any unresolved emotions that he hasn't dealt himself or herself on their own terms. We don't need to know about it. What we want to know is that you did dealt, we want the end result. We want the bottom line, business. Have you dealt with these maybe undisclosed, unresolved feelings you have to get them out of the way so we can move on and you can be more effective, more productive and make more money in what you're doing. Yeah, I think that comes up in almost every single coaching conversation where really, what is the end result? Who do you want to be? What do you want to be when you, when you sit in front of that panel to be interviewed? 
Um, and like you said about validation, validation has the word value in it. Right. And the reality is, I think is this, I think that when you, when you come into an, um, a business opportunity, when it, when you, when you're faced with a, a family situation, when you're, when you're looking for um, a new opportunity for work career-wise, when they're, when you're, when you're faced with any kind of transition, it's really important for you to have that self-belief that you know who you are, you know what, what, what your value is, and you know, because when you, because what life is about, ultimately, life is about what and how you contribute. So what is your contribution? What are you going to give to humanity? And you might believe in God. What are you going to give to God? And, and the Christians believe that how we give to God is actually our, our worship. It's our spiritual work of worship. And, and there's even this idea of, right? it, that, it, that, it, that it's very pleasing to God because God can almost smell that intention of when a Christian wants to give themselves in service. The point is, is that if ultimately it's about contribution, then you want to be prepared. You want to know, you want to know what you're bringing to the table to contribute. It's like when, you, when, we, when we're kids, I think everyone can relate to the idea of when we're children, we want to contribute, but we're always told no, because we're still, we're still small. We're still kids. Right. But what adult, what young adulthood is for, which we don't do in our culture is preparing people for what their contribution could be. And when you know what you, when you know what your contribution is, you get to work. Right. It doesn't matter if it's going to go to a job interview or if you're going to go ask someone to marry you or if you're going to move across the country or if you're going to start a business. You're going to do you, you're going to be you, and you're going to contribute to the world and hopefully make the world a better place, hopefully make a dent. Right. And it's people's choice, right, or not. But right. you, um, what we're saying is you have to identify, right? And uh, what I talked to about, too, and we'll close with this, I know you you probably coach this guy, and behind there I have decision science, right? The uh, the scientific way to make a decision because my mom was a brilliant businesswoman. My dad's a great pastor to this day. He's eighty seven years old and he has three hundred people every Sunday to come listen to what he has to say at eighty seven. And whenever, as a young adult or uh, in my 20s, I asked them, what should I do in this situation? They would all say, well, why don't you pray on it, right? Why don't you hope? And I'm like, when I get older and I have my own business, hope is not a strategy. <laughs> sometimes God helps those in, that help themselves. So I went out, again, independent study, and that's the best book that I've had on the scientific way to make a decision, right? In short, it is you identify the problem. You look at all the variables and co-variables, we go back to an equation, really it ends up being an equation. So you look at variance and covariance. You find every single variant and covariant that there is attached to identifying the problem. And what the problem is, then you eliminate them. You eliminate variance and covariance to ensure the result that you want. And then you apply logic rigorously into until you get that answer that is the 
answer I wish my parents would have gave me in high school. And what I would have known it then. I wouldn't have had to go through so much heartache, so much doubt, so much trepidation as to what the correct choice is in any particular time. So I've had this client, you've had this client, Brian, I like your reaction. Let's say this guy's 45 years old. Tells you a story. When he graduated from high school, he didn't know what to do. So he befriended a guy in high school who was into the Marines. And he said, I'm going into the Marines. He got all into it, became ROTC. Right when he graduated, took the ASCAM test or did it senior year and went into the Marines for 10 years. Did a tour in Iraq. He comes back. And his family's, let's say, Mormon, right? But it could be Mormon, it could be Christian, it could be Muslim, it could be any uh, religion or culture. It could be a white guy, it could be an Arab guy, it could be a Cuban guy, it could be any. He comes home, two tours in Iraq, he comes home on a break, and he's thinking about retiring from the military. His mom has this beautiful girl from the church. And he says, why don't you guys meet? It'll be great if you guys got married. He marries her. He gets out of the military. He marries the girl, has a kid. And he's like, what am I going to do with my career now? I'm 28 years old, 29. I got this girl, have this kid. What is my next career move going to be? He got a bachelor's degree in the military. He's at Ralph's. Down the aisle of Ralph's comes another friend from high school. He says, hey. I own an insurance company. Why don't you come work with me? So from 28 to 45, he's worked selling life insurance, selling annuities. And now he's 45 years old and has no idea what to do. And he wants Byron and Josh to make decisions for him. Have you inclined a client like that? And what's your yeah. thought on the whole process? Yeah, I have. I've had a lot of clients like that. And, I, and it's not uncommon. Um, most of us, that's how we live our life. We, we go from one decision to the next, and we don't really think a lot about it. We don't think about the consequences of, like, for, for example, that, that person joining the military. Joining the military is great for some people, and joining the military for some people is absolutely disastrous. Right. But, the, but when you go into the military, and the reason why he's, he's coming to you now or he's coming to, to me now when he's saying, make, make my decisions, because that's what the military does for, for him, for right. them. The military makes all parents did as well. Yeah, that's with, right. With rigorous religion and all this and that. And then that guy himself. So kind of sometimes I refer him back to a, a therapist, right? Uh, was the military the right decision for you or not? And if it's not, maybe you can't tell your parents, or maybe you shouldn't tell me as your business guy, tell your therapist, but be honest about yourself. Was it great or was it not great? Just don't keep lying to yourself and saying it was a great experience in the military. Where was it? Same thing for the career. Do you want to be in finance? Do you want to be in insurance? Do you want to flip careers? Was it good or is it not good? I know you have a responsibility to your kids. You got to get them through college, but start at a baseline of what Shakespeare said, right? The guy from 3M has $2 billion, retires, and starts an MBA class, University of Minnesota, 
MBA, Master of Business Administration. And all they do is read Shakespeare, right? And what did Shakespeare say? To thy own self be true. <laughs> what do you think, Brian? Yeah, I, I think, like I said earlier, and what, what you're alluded to is that we don't do a very good job in our culture of teaching our young people who they are. Right. And, um, and not be afraid of authenticity. You got your 40%. You, you're not going to get killed, especially if you're honest, because sometimes you do have to keep your mouth shut for business and family. But to yourself, I think, what do you think? I think you have an obligation. And, that, and that's how I was able to connect with you to bring it full circle and brand. And now we're having this really good conversation a decade later. Salesmen think short-term. Businessmen and women think long-term. So doing long-term thinking, me and you, vice versa with me, coming in there, trying to help out with the culture there, trying to help out with the morale at that place, which is call center, hard place to work. Uh, you did a good job. Uh, the authenticity part of it, and you're part of it too, lasts, has a long shelf life. And you have an obligation uh, because how things get messed up, right, is by lack of clarity. How things mm -hmm. can go south, how you can get a divorce, how things can go south and you end up homeless. Things can go south, you made a bad decision and you lose a lot of money. Usually it's because lack of clarity. So based on that, Byron, don't you think you have an obligation to your... So my wife in therapy, what she tells people in therapy is, you do what's best for yourself and those around you, right? As much as we hate Putin, he does what's good for Putin and the oligarchs in that circle around him. And he's very clear into what who he is as a fixer, as a guy who decides which businesses get to operate in Russia and which businesses do not. He is at this point, he never... Even at 45, maybe Putin, listening to his biography, might not have been. But now at 69, he is. He's crystal clear on who he is, right? And crystal clear to those around him what his specific objections are. Uh, objectives are. Annihilation of Ukraine. There's no ambiguity into what his goal is. For our goals are different. So to get to that point, whether you want to be Putin or compete with the Putin in your life, you have an obligation to yourself and those around you to be crystal clear on who you are and to do some excavation, do some inventory, which is basic in business, and excavate your unresolved thoughts. What do you think, Byron? Yeah, I think you're right. I think Putin is is very consistent in his behavior. He is he. I think he does know who he is, um, and he's very consistent um, with what he clear. wants, and, and and very clear. I think I think that's that's your point. I think with that with the the work, the introspective work, the excavation work you just you just said, I think that one of the places to begin, and again, I don't think you have to have this big grand plan. I think you can literally start with one step, but I think you, you have to be willing. And to your, to your point, I think you um, it, it's you're if you're not going to be responsible 
for your own life, then who is? If you're not going to be responsible for your business, if you're not going to be responsible for your career, I'll, get, I'll, get, I'll share you a story. Both my parents have passed away. But when How my mom passed, when they passed away, I'm sorry. How old were you when they passed away? Um, I'm not really sure how old I was. My, my dad, I, I was born in 65. My dad passed away in 97 and my mom passed away in 2011. Um, okay. But when my mom passed away, I had a very clear thought that the person that, that, that there was a person on this planet who thought of me every single day. Right. And thought about my career, thought about my family every single every single day. And I know that's true. Right. And some people don't have a mom that was like that. Well, my mom right. was like that. And I, I feel very thankful for that. But the second that she was gone, I had this this realization that that that's now gone, too. Right. And I was taking my my career seriously even before this. But the, the, the point of the point is this. If 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 the people who are listening to this aren't taking their career, their business, their life seriously, then, then why should anyone else? Right. It's like, to, you, to your point, it's and, incumbent. And you got a foot on the banana peel because things in the United States can go south very quickly. Hmm. So yeah, you're putting yourself in an un, un, um, untenable situation because uh, it's almost like Ukraine without a strong defense. Or in the Bible, it says, uh, if your house, if you're, the foundation of your house is on rock, you're better than on sand because on sand, any wind can blow you away. So in that state that you just described, it's a very risky state to be in. That's right. So I think it's, it's, it's important for all of us to continue to learn but when our knowledge of learning, it's not just learning about facts and stuff. It's also learning about ourselves and learning about other people. Right. And, and, and uh, we'll close with this. Uh, we'll quote said during the pandemic. Facts change. We'll get your reaction with this and your closing thoughts, Byron. But Einstein, Professor Einstein, right? Arguably, but some people thought he was one of the smartest guys around. Math teacher, high high end math physics teacher, uh, was you know had his assistant bring the test for the final exam. And his assistant said, "Well, um, Professor Einstein, I know you're brilliant, but the test we're giving these kids today is the exact same test we gave last year. Kids talk to each other, kids uh, memorize the questions to the test." So the fact that you're bringing the exact same test to this year's exam is going to breed for cheating and it's going to benefit the people who cheat the best. And I said, I said well, not really, because the answers have changed. <laughs> so you think you know something seven, eight years ago might not be what's correct now. Those who live in the past, what? Die in the past. And we'll use current events because I like these podcasts because you can listen to them five years from now, probably get more from it than people listening to it now, right? So if you live in the past, you die in the past. And Putin 
the success he had in 2014 in Crimea with Obama as president, now invading the Ukraine again, much different, right? Because the Ukrainians got a more bigger, sophisticated army, uh, the intelligence services of England, Israel, the United States were able to train the Ukrainian forces better. The Ukrainian forces proved themselves and were trained by the Americans in Iraq and in Afghanistan, helping fight the U.S. soldiers there, embedded with them. And now they have embedded U.S. soldiers with them with Ukrainian uniforms because they fought with them. They call them brothers because they fought with them in Afghanistan in Iraq. So what happened? What Putin knew in 2014, he tried again seven years later in 2022, very successful in 2014, disaster for himself, his country, eight years later. Closing thoughts, Byron. Yeah, I, th I think to your point about um, when we don't learn from the past, there's also a, a saying that says that we're, we're doomed to repeat it. Right. And if it didn't turn out the right way. If it turned out well, you still have to do your research, right? Because if life never stops teaching, so you can never stop learning. And the only thing that would be a, a counter to that is in, the only thing that's inevitable in many ways are actions you don't take. Right. So I, I think if someone's thinking about, you know, making a change in their, their life or their career or with their family, I think that it, it's important for them to, to take stock. It's important right. for them to, to think about, um, about the, themselves, about their, their lives, about their decisions, and, and try, be intentional about trying to make the best decision that they possibly can. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, again, we'll close with this. I close every podcast with this. I'm a British lit major. And it's funny because they say Zelensky is like Winston Churchill. Winston Churchill walked the streets of London at night to prove to Hitler that he wasn't afraid of them. And one of the things that he said, Byron and I discussed it on, on this podcast, is when you give one, you get 10 back. It is not uh, philanthropy or religion, it's business. The more you give, the more you get. That's why Winston Churchill said, you make a living from your labor, from your job, what you do for work, but you make a life from what you give. Hmm. Thanks for listening to the EFTC Podcast Network. That's why this one don't cost $800, and that goes to work. And I don't know what that cost, I'm just shaking the work. That's why I work.